Hi, uh, welcome everyone to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Uh, this week it is just Jason and myself here. Uh, DJ had a bit of an emergency, so uh, he'll be back with us next week. And well, this is a pretty quiet week in wrestling because you know we have a ways to go. We still have a few weeks before SummerSlam, um, and so really, this is this is basically a time where people have been trying to make up news, and you know, and you know here <laughs> we don't go down that road here. So, um, there was one thing we did want to get DJ's insight on, but we're going to wait till he's back next week to do that. And, um, you all have seen the video by now, I'm sure. So, but we will wait until next week to do that. So Jason and I, instead, we're going to talk about the one actual news item, you know, something that actually happened over the past, well, today. (laughs) Okay. And it was announced that starting on monday that monday night raw will no longer be pg it will now be tv 14 which means all of you people who have been just very aggravated that your monday night wrestling show was not tv 14 your your long national nightmare is now over now they finally don't have to blank out when, you know, Brock says ass. Yeah. So, right. So now, and of course, there were immediately a bunch of people firing off kind of takes about what, what, what it all means. Um, <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, um, you know, I mean, some people are acting like we're going to go back to the Attitude Era. Um no, <laughs> no, we're not going to go back to the attitude there. Um, so, look, Jason, what do you think, man? What, what, like, just first up, what do you think this all means? Well, hello, everyone. Good to see everybody. I'm glad. I'm glad we're only going to be without DJ for one week because, you know, I don't even get to introduce. I get, you know, oh. I get to say hello. I don't even oh, get to do anything. And he yeah. just throws me to the line. <laughs> Anyway, hello, I'm J- I'm Jason. I'm the third member of this little trio. Oh, um, I'm, I, the, I'm the uh, I didn't introduce myself either, so I didn't. Yeah, no, you didn't. It's okay. From the Rob the Genius podcast, Rob, <laughs> and, uh, Bucky's tag team partner, right here, Jason. Anyway, you uh, if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you're uh, longtime fans of ours and you're just along for the ride. But anyway, what does PG uh, TV 14 mean for Raw? Frankly, in the short term, I don't think much because I feel like they've been pushing at least across the board in terms of WWE as a whole. I can't specifically say for Raw because I didn't do that in my due diligence, but it has felt more. They've pushed the envelope of what TVPG is to me for the past few years anyway. I mean, look at, you know. Roman gaslighting his cousin and beating the crap out of his cousin and whatnot, while it may not be, you know, violence or whatever, it is still mature themes. But in any case, uh, I feel like this is going to go slow. Um, I think they do want to push the envelope once in a blue moon, um, but I do not think it's going to be a regular thing. I do not think it's going to be a, um, you know, sudden change back to attitude or anything like that. We're not going to suddenly go back to, you know, bra and panties matches or anything. 
But yeah, occasionally, the, you know, are we going to see a little more blood? Are we going to see a little more violence? Are we going to see a little more, you know, just uncomfortableness in terms of some of the things that people do to each other, like how Roman has abused his cousins in the in the beginning of that there. I think I think this just gives uh, the writers a little more leeway and a little more creative freedom. Um because I and I also think they're trying to contrast that with SmackDown because you know SmackDown is still as of yet as of now staying TVPG and I think you've seen that for a while where SmackDown has been the more sports entertainment show whereas our friend uh, Madeline how did she so artistically put it today Madeline um, it's the it's the Muppet Show with wrestlers on Raw. So you can kind of do um, so. Thank you, Madeline, for that wonderful analogy because it is. Um, I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna just get a little more raunchy and a little more, you know, violent once in a blue moon, and you know we keep it moving much as it has. But yeah. Well, first, I, my apologies for not introducing you and and for not introducing myself for that matter. <laughs> um, to be fair to. All of us, you know, DJ had his emergency. Hopefully everything's good good with them. Seems like it's going to be, hopefully. Anyway, uh, we found out about this a couple of minutes ago, guys. So we're flying by the seat of our pants here. Yeah. So please forget. And, well, well that, is a, that is a glimpse of life growing up in the Bonnet household where, you know, um, my dad was very direct and <laughs> got to the point all the time. Yep. Okay. Um well, we're here to talk about wrestling. Let's talk about wrestling. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but um, let's not forget just, I mean, in 2019, we had the, you know, we had the cuck divorce angle with Rusev and Lana and Bobby Lashley and uh, Liv Morgan all involved. That yep. was 2019. That was during TVPG. Okay. Um some of the weird stuff they were doing with the Canellises at the end. That was yeah. during TVG, and that was stuff that got kind of gross and weird. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Um, so all like that happened under PG, you know, P, TV PG. Um, you know, John Cena referring to Eve Torres as a hosky. That happened, you know, TV PG. Like the mm-hmm. whole thing with Zack Ryder. Um, Miz has been referring to his gigantic balls the last few weeks under TVPG. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's... They've already, like you said, they've already been pushing the line anyway. Um, yeah, so now, yes, does this give them more leeway to maybe do a couple of things that they stopped short of doing before? Yeah. Um well, and- Sorry, I meant to bring this up. I also uh-huh. think on the heels of that, the network's okay with it too, which is very important because the rating change wouldn't happen without the network and WWE hand in hand, I would imagine. Yeah, and honestly, this could USA well, saying, you know, this, crank it up. Or this could very well just be the network giving their kind of official okay to the stuff they've already been doing. True. Right. Um, it just could be that, hey, um, you know, like the stuff we just mentioned here, you know, they've been they've been doing that for the past few years. And I mean, this could very well just be the network saying, you know what? Um, let's just not 
let's just get rid of the you know let's change the designation so that nobody's looking at us funny anymore because yeah, world care call, call it what it is yeah and you know we're because um like i said there's been plenty of violent stuff i mean the only thing yeah. we haven't really seen like i said there hasn't been a lot of blood but yeah I mean, other, other than that i mean there's been sexual innuendo there's there's been violence people have gotten beaten down pretty bad um there um the blood thing i think is just as much um it's not so much for tv it's for social media because facebook has like a strict no blood policy so if you ever see a, a someone get busted open or whatever like the end of wrestlemania 30 whatever where everyone's busted open uh yeah. it's all black and white because they have to put it in black and white because they can't that's the way they skirt around it oh is it blood who knows uh because facebook has a strict no blood policy and i think a few other social media sites are weird about that kind of stuff so i don't even think it's it's for everybody yeah and and um i don't think it was that is that really that, and we'll see right now some I saw a few people worried about all you know like I said this oh they weren't going back to the sexual stuff with the women and all that right and we're not no look honestly look with 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 the women the the veteran women wrestlers who are there now they are not if they even if that stuff was even suggested no they would they they would give a big hell no okay um because well just last fall remember um. Tony Storm said that, you know, that was pitched as part of that thing with her and Charlotte that, you know, mm-hmm. that she would just like strip down their underwear or something, just, you know, as some form of humiliation or whatever. And it got vetoed. I mean, it got, she, she said, you know, several people spoke up and it, you know, and stopped it from happening. Right. Um, so I think you don't have to worry about that. Um, and honestly, that that would be just horrendously stupid to do. You know, yeah. Morals aside, in light of what the you know the head of creative is is going through right now of his own doing, but you know to to be having a bunch of angles and skits with bra and panties stuff and all of that going on while you're you know. CEO and chairman is being investigated for, you know, paying off women to keep quiet about sexual misconduct. I mean, yeah. that would just be really, really stupid. Um, and I Again, don't, so yeah, it's not going to go, it's not going to go nuts. It's not going to turn into, you know, the attitude era, like you're saying, but, Again, and yeah, you're right. Half the women, more than half the women, if they were even proposed something like that, they'd probably flip, flip them the bird and join Natty, or Natty, Naomi and Sasha on the bench. Yes. Which they have every right to, and I'd encourage them to do that. However, there might be a girl or two there who'd be like, yeah, I don't care. Oh, well, like, well, well look, yeah. And, and you're going to get, I mean, we had Eva Marie get her wardrobe malfunction a couple of years ago. Are you going, yeah, you'll probably get a little more stuff like that. Or, like Rob's saying, hey, this is what we're doing already. So let's just call it what it is. 
Yeah, and um, because I mean, they even well, they had a thing a couple of years ago where like Alexa Bliss got walked in on while she was like, you know, mm. that one was weird. That it really was. That was bizarre. But I mean, like the just, Marie wardrobe malfunction, that was at least funny. Like it was, yeah. And I mean, immediately put a towel on her. It wasn't that big a deal. But yeah, that walking in on Alexa, that was just like, okay. Yeah, I was, but you know. <sighs> And like you said, look, 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 there's always somebody who's willing to go along with it, right? Yeah. Um, but again, they have several women there who would just like to, yeah, would tell them to go jump in the lake, and yeah. they even suggested that, and and would and who would probably leave if need be, and you know, if if it came to the point where it was just being pushed that hard, there are several women there who would just be like, you know what, fuck this, <laughs> okay? Yeah, and again, they'd be right. Yeah. Like, so hey, if you want to do that stuff, you know, if you want to do the striptease stuff, if you want to do the whatever, you know, sexual innuendo, whatever, if that's your thing and you're like, yeah, let's do it, great, good for you. But if someone even suggests it, that like, hey, you got to do this, then get out of here. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to be a thing. Um, no. Now, as far as like language, um, I mean, I you know I mean they're I guess free to say certain words now that maybe they weren't before. Um, as long as we get a better or a bigger variety of whoa words than bitch. Right. If we like, is that for the longest time, like five years, we've we've joked that there's a there's a there's a list of people who are allowed to say the b word on wwe programming it's like brock and roman i think drew got on the list at least once yeah um but that list might open up and there might be some more words and it might not be so like i don't know it's memey like it's like a meme when someone said when brock says oh you're a bitch it's like oh he said the word right so it opens things up and you know i just hope that when it when it, when it inevitably does happen the people did it just it's natural like because sometimes you know people are just oh they can't wait to say shit on tv and right. and it, and it oh, sounds like it AEW, dude yeah <laughs> right. AEW, it's just like okay dudes we get it you can say the s word on tv that yeah. doesn't mean you need to right and um so i hope it doesn't turn into that because it you know it just no. Because look, for as, as much as people complain about the kind of cheesy WWE dialogue, that's every bit as cheesy and every bit as weird and stupid. And I mean, you know, it's not it's not a kid at that point. It's not a kids show. It's just a teen melodrama. Yeah, it's and it, it's the same deal. Right, and it's just I mean, so look, obviously, like given that it's a show about fighting and it's a show where people get pissed off at each other and all of that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, people are, yeah, I mean, in a real world where people get that pissed off at each other, yeah, they're going to curse at each other. Um, right. But, I mean, the, the key is here to, is to make it sound natural and not, <gasps> you know, not not like, oh, we're allowed to say shit now. Ha, ha, yeah. ha. You know, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, no. Overall, I th- I don't think we're going to see much of a change. I think, well, you, Rob, you hit the nail on the head. Guys, we've been here already, you know. 
Rob and I gave you have given you a bunch of examples of stuff that's been, in my opinion, TV 14. So I think it just opens things up for them to do it a little more regularly and a little more comfortably. So. Yeah, and uh, and so now they don't have to necessarily. I guess they don't have to ask for permission now. You know, they don't have to right. run things by. Because I guess look, it probably got to the point where the network guys were like, "Really, y'all asking us about this again? Really? Yeah. Like y'all know it's we like don't we, care." Yeah, we say yes every time, guys. You haven't asked us to. You haven't asked us about a pizza cutter yet, so we're fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, so. I mean. It, Exactly. So, yeah, I think we're both in agreement that not a whole lot is going to change here. And look, there there will occasionally be the kind of thing. Yeah, there will occasionally be something where we're all like, well, damn. Yeah. But there should be. Yeah. And look, I mean, I was with the whole thing with Bobby and Lana and all that. I mean, that right there was one of those things where everybody was like, well, well, shit. What's going on here? (laughs) What's this this all about? um, I know, look, my favorite part of that whole thing was when Randy and, and Corbin were off to the side and they were just like, well, just falling down laughing on the floor. <laughs> at the, at no, Liv, Liv was the best part of that. Oh, where she's God. just thrown into the mix and just like, yeah, and I'm having an affair with Lana. And then they drop it next week. Yeah. like <laughs> That was awesome. Oh, man. I mean... And look, I mean, look, that whole thing was just so unexpected and everything. Um, and people, <laughs> people were just appalled by it all. And it, I thought it was just, it was just funny. It was just really stupid and funny, you know, soap opera-ish kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, and of course, like, I mean, and Lana and Rusev, of course, they, they dove all the way in because that's, that's totally their thing they like to do. Yeah. Jump in with both feet, man. Yeah. And then, look, even Bobby is, look, and, you know, Bobby's probably about out, as out of place as you could possibly be in that whole thing. And, I mean, you know, and to his credit, he went with it. Yeah, man, he, that wasn't bad because of the actors. It was just bad because it was bad. They made the best that they could out of it, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, fun, fun question about that. So, flashback to that moment when Liv came down to interrupt their wedding or whatever. What if I, like, in that very moment right there, would you, what if, and I told you, that girl's going to be a WWE SmackDown Women's Champion within a couple of years. Would you have said, what would you have said? Um, at that point? Well, look, I mean, honestly, look, I, I had my doubts up until it actually happened, so. I did too, so that's why I asked. Um. So at that point, I mean, it looked like, you know, well, this is, she found a way to get herself on television and, you know, um, so at that point, no, I mean, now it would be just a few months later where it was pretty clear that they were at least putting her on the track to maybe eventually be that one day. But yeah, at that point, not, um, not that right about then is when she really started to like put it together in the ring. Yeah. So, but yeah, fun little trivia there. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, look, I mean, w- no, we're not gonna, you know, w- you know, we're not gonna go back to the. the you know, there's gonna be like some, you know, there won't be a bunch of 
you know, Val Venus kind of things going mm-hmm. on and, you know, nobody's going to be asking any of the women to, you know, get on their knees and bark like a dog or anything like that. I mean, I mean, that, no, that's not going to happen, folks. Um, especially not now, because, again, none of the important women there are going to go for that. And especially now where now where they can actually go somewhere else and wrestle if they want to if they want to. I mean, right. in, in 2000, that was not an option. There, there, there literally was no women's wrestling outside of, you know, the kind of joke of a women's division that was in WWE at the time. So, if that's what they ask you to do, then even if you didn't want to do it, that's what you did. But yeah, exactly. You got options now. I mean, yep. and they can set out their contract and they can go, you know, they can go to Impact as much as we malign AEW's women's division i mean the check, they would the check don't bounce as far as we know nope and look and they would they would gladly take alexa bliss or charlotte or becky or whoever if if they were available right i mean yeah. and so it's you know i mean i don't think you have to worry about that now no Shh. what becky's growling at me Uh-oh. um <laughs> so I uh this just popped into my head, but you know who so we make things a little more edgy, a little more whatever, give yourself a little more runway. You know who really, really, really would benefit from that in the WWE ecosphere? Who's that? Maxwell Jacob Friedman. You know what? You're on to something there. Just food for thought. TV 14, right around when Max's contract is who knows what. Interesting is all I'll say about that. You know what? I mean, wow, that is because um, that's really, I mean, that's really the only thing that would be holding him back at all is that. Yeah, I think he can reel it in in terms of like the content. But I think he needs to cuss once in a while. I think he needs to, you know, yeah, he just needs a little more edge, which is fine. Yeah. And um, so now and look, and he is definitely somebody who you would be willing to, you know, kind of, you know, move the move the line a little bit more as far as what you, you know, what you let people say. Um right. Because he has the talent to back it up. It's not like he's just going to go out there and go like, F word, F word, F word. Right. Yeah, just like, I mean, there's some comedians that all they can do is is curse. And after a while, it's like, okay, dude, you know, whatever. But Mm -hmm. he's not one of those type of people. But, you know, well, I mean, because, look, they're going to make the full court press for him as soon as he's available. Um, Yeah. And honestly, uh, however much of this thing is a shoot or a work or whatever, I really do think it's enough of it's enough of a real thing that I think he's leaving when he when he can. I, that's about where I land on it. I'm like, I I think it was it was so the whole promo where he's like, fire me, fire me, fire me. I think that was um, Tony's attempt at what Vince did with Punk. You know what, dude? Here. Here's a freaking microphone. Go out there. Make fun of me. Tell me I'm Satan. Blah, 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 blah. 
and then one of those guys could handle it, and one of those guys couldn't. Yeah, because as we know, look, Vince does not. Vince don't care. You can say whatever the hell you want about about Vince. He doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. Vince. Uh, CM Punk sat there and said, maybe this company's going to be better off when this guy dies. And then, what, 48 hours later, Vince handed him a multi-million dollar contract or something? Yeah. Yeah. So, and meanwhile, apparently someone got, because if, when's all out, like three weeks? Uh, I think so, something like that, yeah. If MJF, if MJF doesn't show up at all out, it's over. There's something going on. It's a shoot. It's whatever it was. It's now they're on the outs, I think, because there's no way you keep that in the back on your back burner for this long without even hinting at it in story in kayfabe. We watched Dynamite last night. There was not one mention of that dude, you know, not a Burberry scarf to be seen. Nothing. No signs in the audience. Come back. MJF. No, nothing. So if if. They're trying to play the long con with this. They need to either remind us that it's still out there, because, um, frankly, some of their casuals have probably forgotten already. Um, or casuals in general. But anyway, and you got to strike while the iron's hot, and that dude is rapidly cooling off, because I think everyone forgot about that promo already. Uh, yeah, and do you know who you're talking exactly like right now? Who's that? What, James E. Cornett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey. He said that exact thing. He said because as much as he, you know, complains about a lot of things AEW, he loves MJF, and he loved that promo. And but he said that recently that look, you got to do something with it now. Um, you got to have him at least do something where it looks like he's trying to come in the building or something. Um, because like you just said, they haven't mentioned it in weeks. And now people are forgetting about it. People are moving on. Um, which is, if it's a hundred percent shoot, and they are, and Tony is just done with him, then I don't understand why you have him, why you let him cut that promo. I, I don't understand that. Like, like oh, because well, I'm, I'm sticking to my theory. I think he was like, yeah, go ahead, and then he was like, ow, that dude really hurt my feelings. And I think, and you know, I think you might be onto something there because, well, because I mean that promo, like it, it was great. It was absolutely a great promo. But I, after hearing it, I was just kind of thinking, like, okay, well, this doesn't really, this, this, this isn't good for the company here because, basically, all right, the people MJF was talking about. You know, guys from WWE overpaid, blah blah blah. Those people were all treated as heroes when they got to AEW. Yep. Because you know they either they escaped the you know the WWE prison, or they were victims of you know Vince McMahon's short sightedness and he couldn't see what he had in them. But those people were treated as heroes basically, and now you're calling them a bunch of basically overpaid mercenaries. Mhm. So that you know that yeah. doesn't that so that paints them in a bad light. So now um there's that. 100% I think Tony got into his feelings and was like, "You know what? I am going to fire this guy." Yeah. Because and then, you know, Tony is always 
you know, presented himself as the babyface wrestling company owner. And, exactly. you know, that promo painted him in a bad light also. Yeah. You know, because now you're the guy who basically is, you know, is, you know, has the, you know, devoted spouse at home, but you're always basically chasing tail somewhere. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's how he painted Tony in that promo. And he painted all these people who had been treated to heroes all this time as, you know, kind of carpetbag and mercenaries. So he, he shit on all those people in that promo as great as the promo was. So I was yeah. just, so like me just listening to it, I was like, well, why would you let him say that? Great segue. Uh, it took remarkably quick. Um, but I feel like Claudio's rapidly on its way to becoming just a guy. Uh-oh. I sat and watched it last <laughs> night. So, so, um, what happened there? <laughs> uh, no, just a general feeling. He he won his match. He's still undefeated, but um, I forget who even wrestled. But I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there's too many balls in the air with, with maybe they wanted to do something with him with the, the AEW championship, but with Punk's injury, I don't know. But uh, it just felt very, in commentary, it wasn't putting him over as just like, I don't know. It's just a weird feeling, man. Like they, it, where you can hear just a tonal shift oh, after okay. that's been there for like four weeks. I don't know, but who knows? Maybe he'll be the next All Atlantic champion or the next, you know, number one contender for Dean or whatever. Um, even though they're in the same faction, whatever, they can still fight each other. Yeah. And uh, now I did. I, I tuned in for like the last five minutes of it last night. Because I I wanted to see if the Young Bucks were going to do what the Young Bucks usually do, or if they were actually going to, you know, lose the titles last night. So I was very pleasantly surprised that uh, Keith and Swerve won the titles. Yeah, I was shocked, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, of course, as you so wonderfully pointed out, they weren't, well, I pointed out, you pointed out they didn't get pinned. And I'm like, dude, they weren't even in frame for the rest of the show. Because it was uh, Swerve and Keith. And then they pinned, uh, who were their opponents? Oh, Starks and Hobbs. Starks yeah. and Hobbs. They pinned Starks. And, like, the the Bucks were already on the outside down. So the entire last three minutes or whatever, including the ending pin, the celebration, everything... They did not show one shot of the Young Bucks. Not even the Young Bucks on the side of the, the ring going, ah, oh, ow, we're hurt, we're hurt, we're watching, oh, we're mad, we lost our titles. Nope. So they, like, literally just waved their magic hand and they're like, ah, the Young Bucks didn't lose this. I don't know. It's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. It's just funny that, like, dude, come on. You can't take, like... And they're probably going to act like they're, you know, they're doing God's gift to wrestling by dropping the titles to, you know, Swerve and Lee. Yeah, and act, I mean, because, and of course, I mean, we saw some of the uh, people that we see on Twitter who are notorious AEW shills, basically, saying just mm -hmm. that, you know. Yeah. Acting as if they, like, donated, like, a kidney or something to somebody, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean... You know, I mean, yeah. Um, 
Look, I, you know, I can't, I cannot stand the young bucks. I hate the young bucks. Um, I don't know them as people, so I don't hate them as people. But I mean, right. I can't, I cannot stand, you know. Put it, put it like Bill Simmons. You sports hate them. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I just, I, yeah, exactly. And it's just, I mean, come on, like, like, yeah, they, they didn't do anybody any favors there. I mean. Like I said, they, they they didn't take the pin. They weren't even on like I said, they weren't even on camera for the last minute or so of that match. Literally, um, if again, if you watch the finish, you wouldn't know that they were not they were the champions. Yeah. So, you would think that Hobbs and Starks were. Exactly. But that being said, congratulations to Keith and Swerve. Congratulations. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, happy for both of those guys. Um, cause like, you know, those are both of those guys, you know, we think could have actually done something had WWE not released them. Um, and dude, so it, I don't know, if I don't know if I said it on the show, but I've said it to you guys in the chat. Like when they first got paired together, I was like, really, really? You're just taking the two newest black you know, di- former WWE guys and just be like, hey, you're a like, smash them together. But no, like, I feel like maybe even Swerve and Keith wanted to work together or something because everything they've done has been really, really good. Yeah. You know, this is, doesn't, aside from, you know, that similarity that I first thought of, they have made this their own. They've, they've really worked. And Swerve in our glory is what a fantastic name. It is. Yes, it is. And because uh, uh, I mean, it's, that's an old wrestling trope that, look, if, you know, back in the day, if you had two black guys in the same territory, they either had the team or they had the feud. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't exactly. keep them apart from each other. Right. I mean, no. either they were going to be a tag team or they were going to be feuding with each other. One or the right. other. Um, and I mean, as far as like my memory goes, I mean, that goes back to even like way back in Mid-South. You had like Junkyard Dog and Butch Reed. Um, mm-hmm. And. You know, and of course, later on, you had Ahmed Johnson and Farouk. And I mean, you know, and, and it's just it's one of those, again, stupid wrestling tropes. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you know, at first glance, this looked like this was that. But I mean, <laughs> well, because even they even had a similar path. They were they were in NXT. They were did really, really, really well in NXT. They were on the main roster for a flash and they did some stuff and then they were gone. Yeah, <laughs> they like they had a similar trajectory, too. So it was very interesting. I was like, really? But no credit to whoever decided to try that or suggest that or whoever, because it's killing it. They're yeah, killing and, it, man. Oh, and I mean, I absolutely love the thing where Swerve does like the moonsault off of Keith's chest, basically. Oh, my and God. That's that awesome. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that is I mean, every, so yeah. good. Yeah, every time I pop, every time they do that, I mean. Me too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't even know how we got here. We were talking about PG thirteen, PG fourteen. Yeah, well, I guess. Yeah, but they, you know, and um, because <laughs> I actually did watch the whole episode of Dynamite last week. Um, you did. I watched yeah. most of it too. So. Rob, they put that episode special for you together, for special for you. Oh, they did because the first, they, I mean, they started out with Wardlow, and I've been just wanting to check him out because I never really watched him wrestle. But 
Um, so I oh. want to just see Oh, that. you didn't watch any Dynamite last night, did you? Oh, no, I just watched the end of it. Like, yeah. I didn't watch it any of it. Yeah. Okay. If you have any opportunity or whatever, watch Wardlow versus uh, Orange Cassidy. It was a, oh. it was awesome. Oh, okay. Yep. So. Because I watched him um, last week, you know, when he won the TNT title, that match was almost like identical beat for beat to when Goldberg beat Raven for the U.S. title. Yep. Um, because it was a it was a street fight, and when Goldberg beat Raven, it was Raven's rules, which you know, which means you could use weapons and all that stuff. And so all of Raven's boys did run-ins, and Goldberg took all of them out. And <laughs> just like how Wardlow did with all of you know Scorpio's guys last week, it was I mean it was almost identically the same match. And then yeah, you know, he, it was awesome. Yeah, it was. Oh, no, it was. It was. And. So, you know, he so, you know, and finally you clear out all the trash and then you finally get the guy to yourself and just beat the hell out of him. <laughs> that I mean, he does the powerbomb symphony really well, obviously. He's one of the best in the business, but that one in particular was just ridiculous. The final powerbomb and then him standing on his chest was just like wow. <laughs> yeah, and um I and I, I, I was kind of surprised that like just this whole time that they've been, that they just basically pulled the trigger on him like this because you know they're not ones that really book people dominant like that are they? Not usually, aside from like Kenny, you know. But not yeah. dominant even that way. He gets his way through his 30, 40 minute matches, and he doesn't like absolutely obliterate the dude at the end he just wins convincingly yeah so i think they've only really done that with like brody lee or brody lee um brody um brody king and uh they've occasionally done it with luchasaurus now that obviously they're doing the basic squash matches for a couple of weeks with luchasaurus so that um they can establish him as a heel you know yeah under on uh christian's leash so that's been interesting, but but yeah, um, Dynamite's been pretty good re- recently. Um, yeah. So, uh, so what's your take on Christian doing the all the uh, inappropriate, you know, comments? <laughs> it's, it's just boring at this point. It's like, dude, you're way better than this. That's the thing. It's like Christian's a great promo, and really, you're going to the same well as MJF. Oh, Pillman, your dad was a legend. He died, haha. By the way, he think you he would think you suck. Like, okay, I guess we're doing the same gross shit. Whatever. And I know, spare me. Oh, Pillman Senior would want it. He'd want to be used in the promo. I don't care, man. It's still gross to me. Yeah, and um, I guess my thing is because you know, and then last week he did the whole you know drunk brother stuff with Matt Hardy. Um, yeah. The lowest hanging fruit. Uh, my thing is just um, just be consistent in how you judge that stuff. If if you if you on if you go for that, then you should go for it everywhere. Um, and whoever yep. does it, um, you know if because I recall when, when WWE invoked Jeff's sobriety in a storyline, it was it was not good. It was bad. It was terrible. How could you do that to poor Jeff? So that's yeah. interesting. 
you can do that to him while he's part of the story and he's participating and you and you guys you people think it's mean and whatnot but this dude just had an incident he's in recovery so hopefully whatever he's off screen he's getting his shit together and that's when it's okay to invoke his his sobriety and his issues i don't freaking think so man that's a that's a that is like we like to laugh about some of the uh the inconsistencies with uh fans of the AEW versus fans of wwe or how they treat both but that is like straight up hypocrisy guys yeah and look and i mean and the thing they did with jeff and sheamus I mean, as far as we know, you know, Jeff was not having any problems at that point. Nope. Well, that he signed off on it. And yeah. also the most important part, I mean, we found out that, you know, it was all a ruse and Jeff wasn't drunk and it was Seamus being an asshole. Right. And that's how the story ended. Like, and I believe Jeff, did Jeff win that or did Seamus Yeah, because right? they, they had to, uh, they had to like the basically like a street fight ending up in a bar which you know like what are you doing guys uh, but, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, you know uh, <laughs> yeah so but yeah um but so overall i've been enjoying the i think this, especially now that like Wardlow, Orange Cassidy, a couple other people are getting more play, and you know, it's it's just, I think the wealth has spread beyond the elite at this point. Um, obviously, because two of the four of them aren't there anymore. Well, Kenny's not there right now, and Cody's gone. Um, but now that that logjam has kind of broken, the show's way better. So, um, yeah, I'm. Totally enjoying the this recent run of Dynamite. Oh. Rob, you should tune in more often, damn it. <laughs> well, see, all right, look, if, okay, because um, I mentioned this before that, you know, if, you know, if they have more people on the show who actually interest me, then, you know, all my issues aside, I will actually pay attention. And so yeah. War- Wardlow is one of those people. Um, Keith and Swerve are two more of those people. Um, yeah. But again, I got no use for Matt and Nick Jackson. Um, honestly, um, I, I did watch the main event and that week, and that felt like another one of those, you know, Dean Ambrose matches where you were really excited before the bell rang, and then after it was over, you're like, okay. Well, that was a match that happened. Yeah, and again, and that was, you know, again for me, that was. Dean Ambrose in the WWE a lot of times, right? I mean, um, yeah, you don't keep watching it. You aren't just like, wow, that sucks. But you're just like, okay, that happened. Yeah. So that's fine. Yeah. Um. But so yeah, I mean, there. Look, I mean, there are things. There are people there who have kind of caught my interest, and I will pay attention if they're on TV. Um, but you guys are not getting me to pay $50 for a pay-per-view. That is not going to happen. <laughs> Fair enough. Whenever they get their streaming figured out, maybe they'll, maybe we'll, uh, revisit that. Yeah. But, all right. So you don't want, we don't want to go too crazy into the weeds here for, um, without DJ. So we're going to table some of our, uh, 
some of our topics that we have were till next week. Um, so we can get our fearless leaders, you know, input. Uh, and by the way, I just totally ripped the, ripped the wheel away from you, Rob. But That's here not, we go. Hey, look, we're both we're both <laughs> kind of flying. We're, look, we're both kind of just flying here today. So. Yeah. So like, uh, but we don't want to skip you guys and give you, you know, not nothing. So we usually go a little, you know, we delve in other stuff along with wrestling. I know we've recently renamed ourselves the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, but. We're also mindless, so once in a while we like to <laughs> we like to you know delve into other categories, and one of those categories that me and Rob have talked about a little bit, and we've mentioned that it's important to us and all that good stuff. Uh, Top Gun Maverick was yes. one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes. So if you, for some reason, haven't seen it. It's made a billion dollars already, so I don't know how you're one of those people who hasn't seen it. Um, but go see it. It's incredible. And we're going to do tons of spoilers in here, so this is your this is your goodbye. This is your thank you so much. This is your thanks for sticking with us without DJ. You know, I know basically everybody's here for him, and Rob and I are just window dressing, but uh, we're glad you stuck with us. So... Uh, Rob, anything you want to say to the fine folks who are going to jump off? Uh, yeah, so look, guys, um, we thank you for bearing with us this week. You know, we had, because um, like we said, like I said at the beginning, it's kind of a slow week for real news and wrestling anyway. And then DJ is here to basically, he's the captain of the ship. Uh, he's the <laughs> one that keeps me from going on, you know, from going on and on forever about some, you know, minuscule, some minutiae or some kind or another um and he keeps both of us from rambling and all that type of stuff um so we are kind of yeah we are kind of rudderless without him here so (laughs) we do thank you guys for bearing with us this week and so for those of y'all who have not seen top gun and don't want it spoiled we'll we'll say thank you for listening this week and catch you guys next week for everybody else, now Wait, it's time. Hang on, hang on. Because oh. we got to do this the sign-off because... More No, no, no. I'm, I'm, you probably want to do it at the end end, but I want to say to our friends who are going to jump off because they're, they're so excited to go see Top Gun Maverick and they want to go see it unspoiled. This, above all weeks, is a week where we called it in the ring, brother. Yes. So, you can call it Pro wrestling, you can call it sports entertainment, but whatever you call it, call it in the ring. We'll see you next week. And let's go, Top Gun Maverick. So, Rob, do you want to just talk about a little bit about our backgrounds with Top Gun and kind of how it's important to us? This is not just a movie for me and Rob. This is not just like a childhood classic or anything like that. This is important to our. It's as silly as it sounds. It's gonna be gonna be crazy. It's important to our families. It's yes. important to our childhood. So, because I grew up, my my dad was in the army. He met my mom out in Utah when he was stationed there. You know, they moved back here. He got out of the army. He you know got a normal job, all that good stuff. My dad has always, always, always had a thing for aviation. Um, he's always been a guy who goes to like air shows. He go, gets all those reference books, those photo books, those things like that about fighter jets and, you know, stealth planes and Apache helicopters and stuff like that. 
I was reared on stuff like that, man. So, and I think I went to my first for, uh, air show when I was five years old, like just walking around, getting, you know, watching the Thunderbirds and stuff. Uh, so aviation's always been a thing in our family, as has Top Gun. I don't know how, but every single one of our family loves it. Uh, it just became our family movie. It's so dumb. It's so stupid. Uh, there's there was an incident. There's an incident in my sister's college that she still tells to this day, like 40 years later, um, that where they're excited because they the girls that she lived with and her found out that the boys across the hall had taped Top Gun when it was on TV the other night. <laughs> so they were like, hey, guys, can we borrow that? And they're like, yeah, sure, girls, no problem. One night. There you go. Here's your Top Gun tape. Only problem is, you know, when you're back when you were recording things on VHS, you could pause in the middle and it wouldn't record certain, it wouldn't record whatever was paused, and then you just hit unpause and it would record again. So the famed volleyball scene, which all the girls in the dorm room were looking forward to the most, was cut out of their uh, their friend's version of Top Gun. So that's a fun story. But anyway, 30 years in the making, this movie absolutely delivered on everything. And I was just absolutely impressed with how, although it felt like a movie from 2022, it it brought back all of those old feelings and those old, uh, that it, it hit just enough nostalgia notes without being overbearing. Like, I really enjoyed, um, there was, a, you know, talk to me, Goose was a line that was in everything, you know, you know, Brewster was saying it, and, you know, Maverick was saying it, and then um, there's just l- so many little things. The the entire pace of the movie mimics the second, the first one almost identically, mm-hmm. uh, especially after seeing it a second time, you know, there's... And it's funny because they're almost the same run runtime. Top Gun, it, Top Gun One was like two hours eleven minutes. Top Gun Two is a one hour fifty nine minutes. So they literally could probably almost mirror each other. Because um, there's the scene in training where uh, Rooster, no, uh, who get who has to eject? And oh, because uh, who gets hit by the bird? The bird strike. Phoenix and um. Uh, fanboy was it fanboy or? Phoenix and Bob. Yeah. So Phoenix and Bob had to get uh, eject. We don't know if they lived or not, you know, and then it cuts to Maverick in uh, walking in to a, you know, looks like to be morning rooster. It's mimicking the exact same scene after Goose died. Viper comes into to Maverick and says Goose is dead. Like, it's the exact same vibe because even Maverick says... You know, he's like, you know, Phoenix and Goo, uh, Bob are going to be fine. They're going to stay overnight in the hospital. You know, is this the first time you you lost somebody? You almost lost somebody. Or have you ever lost somebody, like a wingman? Yeah. And he's like, no, I haven't. And he's like, well, you almost got one, and there will be others. Trust me. This is exactly what Viper said to him 30 years ago after Goose died. Yeah. So it was just so yeah, – they did all that stuff perfectly without it being hokey. So, I don't know. I'm going crazy. So, Rob, take the wheel. Yeah. So, um, like you, my dad was a military man. He uh, he did 35 years. He made a, like, that was 
ultimately his career. Um, and he was in the Coast Guard. He was on the icebreaker out in the North Atlantic for a while. And he also spent some time on aircraft carriers uh, out like in the Mediterranean and whatnot. So yeah, he now nah, he just he took me to go see it because I just wanted to go see it because I, I was like, oh, cool, fighter planes, yay! And you know, and then you know, and he had taken me to air shows and stuff like that also. And we'd seen the Blue Angels and the Thunderbirds and all that. Um, so we went to see the movie, and yeah, I thought it was I thought it was great, but he abs he he absolutely loved this movie, the, the original, and. Because I guess to him, like all the aircraft carrier stuff was just so cool to him, and you know, and he and he was explaining to me like how yeah, that's that's the most dangerous job on the whole ship, being you know being on the platform when those planes are coming in, and all of that. And so he absolutely loved the movie, and we watched it a million times on VHS, you know, and <laughs> and because because my dad like he. He's very, you know, with military movies, he's either either he he really likes them or he doesn't. And because and and you never really know, you never really knew which way he was going to go. Um, because like for example, he hated Crimson Tide. Really? Because well, because his whole thing. Well, because because you know, because he had been on a ship all those years, and his whole thing was. There's no way on earth you're pulling on mutiny and not then not putting your ass in jail. Um, yeah. and he just couldn't get past that. He couldn't get he could not get past that. He, you know, the uh, like, did he want to think about how many times Maverick might have got court court martialed? I don't know. Well, I don't want to. But, well, but the difference is, you know, I guess because well, you know, Maverick was a pilot, and well, you know, but I don't. But again, he, you know, it's always you know he allowed it for Top Gun. Right. And well, and he also he was never a pilot or anything like that, so he's like, ah, I can't speak for them. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Well, I guess because I guess he's, it, said it, he it, stayed on ships, right? So it's yeah. like he knows firsthand that would not work. Yeah. So, like, basically, with with, with Top Gun, the stuff that went on there, it wasn't like I guess he didn't find it insulting. Whereas like it's, Crimson Tide, he found insulting to his experience. Um, he didn't like a few good men. You know, same thing. Uh, he found that kind of insulting because um, like you would not put Colonel Jessup on the stand and and have a career after that. Um, <laughs> even if the, it, it dead wrong as Colonel Jessup was, yeah. right? Um, he was just like, no, that 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 shit would not happen. His your ass would be finished if you put somebody as high up as Colonel Jessup on a witness stand and grilled him like that. That would be your ass. Um, so he, even with even with Jessup throwing the temper tantrum, yeah, because Jessup is con- he's a connected guy. His you know his guys would make sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean his guys would take care of you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, he was only a colonel, right? Yeah, but um, I mean, to say only. I mean, colonel's still right. pretty far up there. But he was. I mean, he was like the commanding officer at Guantanamo Bay. And yeah, true. So because actually, actually, that's that's one of the places my dad was stationed at one point. Uh, really? Oh, because well, because uh, this is a funny story. Because when he proposed, <laughs> right, he proposed he proposed to my mom, and he had to ship out for Cuba. Shut up. 
so the how, only th- how long after? Well, the only the only day they so he was like, look, if we're going to get married, we got to do this thing because I got to go. <laughs> um, uh, and the only date they could get before he had to ship out was Halloween. Shut up, really? Your parents' anniversary is Halloween? Yes. That's all, yes. That rules. Yeah. No, I don't care. <laughs> Halloween's one of my favorite holidays, so that rules, man. Yeah. So yeah, their, their anniversary yeah. is Halloween, because um, that's the day they could get before he had to ship out. Before but anyway. Uh, well, because I mean, well, because he was Coast Guard search and rescue, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so as somebody who had been stationed at Guantanamo Bay, and you know, putting the commander of the on trial and putting him on a witness stand and grilling him, he was just like, no, that shit would not happen. Um, He'd suggest it, and Jessup wouldn't even make it to the witness stand. Oh, no. Oh, hell no. Stop. Right. And exactly. So to him, a few good men was just no go. He was just not, he was not here for it. Um, but he loved Tom Gunn. Because the parts that, you know, the, like the, other than just, you know, Maverick being a complete impossibility, you know, Maverick doesn't last five years in the military in real life, you know, being the way he is, of course. But yeah. Outside of that, like all the stuff, the kind of official looking stuff, um, you know, he thought it, he thought they nailed it. He thought, you know, they, and it, you know, there were enough kind of, I guess, positive reminders of his experience in it that he really enjoyed it. Nice. And, you know, and the fact, again, he was on, he was on aircraft carriers and for him, they nailed that part, you know, so he, he absolutely loved that movie. So when when they you know when they announced that the sequel was coming you know I immediately thought of him you know he he passed away last year and mm-hmm. so when I went the first I'm I'm going to see it twice already um yeah, so the first, it was really cool really cool yeah, what you did the first time yeah the first time I went to see it I bought an extra ticket and just left a seat open for him um and oh, yeah. but yeah like I mean there there were so many just just moments in that movie um. You know, because and now, you know, me being 48 years old, being older, you know, you can I identify a lot more with the, you know, with the people who've been doing their job for a long time. Right. And how, you know, just how time has changed. Things have changed over that period. Um, and then. If you know, if you were if you were big, sad when Goose died, which all of us were in the original then the whole thing with maverick and rooster was just i mean it was oh, just, oh my god yeah i mean just i mean all the, you know every exchange between them right and you know you know my dad trusted you look where it got him you know um yeah. you know, my dad believed in you look where it got him right stuff like that yeah. and um you know then when maverick is talking to penny benjamin he's like you know the kid already yeah, he he resents me. I don't want him to resent his mother. Also, you know, um, right. all that stuff. I mean, you know, and then, of course, you know, and then just and then the final mission where, you know, and he's like, I, yeah, I told you to get out of here, and you know, like, what were you thinking? He's like, well, you told me not to think, you know, and <laughs> I mean, and he's like, well, yeah, you got a point there, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, all of that stuff was so good. Um. 
and the scene between Maverick and Iceman. Oh my god. Oh uh, dude, dude, it it it, and that was you know that was right at the time that in the original Maverick goes to Viper's house and yes. says. Hey, I'm all still messed up because my my best friend died, and I'm kind of guilty. I feel like I killed him, and I'm losing my confidence. And help me out here. And Maverick is 30 years later, once again in kind of a little tailspin, and he goes to you know a friend, a mentor, a, in this case a wingman, and he get he gets his head on straight. Uh, and I have to say, like. Having seen it twice now, I can't overstate how good of a job Val Kilmer did without using his voice. Like, it was incredible. Like, Maverick comes in, and he hugs, you know, who we quickly figure out is Iceman's wife. And he looks at her, and he's, it's back, isn't it? And you can quickly surmise that Ice has some sort of throat cancer or something like that because... That mimics real life of, you know, Val Kilmer with his throat issues. So we get in there and, you know, Ice, Ice and Maverick hug and they sit down and Maverick and Ice turns to the computer and types, you know, because he can't speak because of his voice. He types on the computer. I want to talk about work. And Goo and Maverick says, no, please, please, please. I, you know, we, you know, I need to talk about you. What's going on with you? Like, how can I help you? Because this is just, he found out Ice is sick again. And he, what's he going, you know, what's going on with you? How can I help you? What can I do? And Ice just looks him dead in the eye, turns, looks back at the computer, and just points with so much, with with the authority that only a fleet admiral can muster. Yes. He points and says, and basically says again, I want to talk about work. That's how you can help me is... I want to help you. Um, that uh, Val Kilmer just absolutely nailed it. Um, apparently, they used the technology they used again um, to bring his voice back because he spo- speaks with a you know a, a voice box or third implant or forgive me I don't remember what those things are called, but it sounds very 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 artificial. Obviously, you know. But they did some sort of computer mimicry with apparently, I believe, one of his sons or relatives, old archival audio of him, and then his actual performance, like how he would have enunciated the lines apparently in a recording studio. It all got thrown into a computer blender, and it sounded like (coughs) Val Kilmer with a very, very, very hurt throat. It was absolutely incredible. Yes. Oh my God. So, yeah. Yes. But like between that and all the the crazy amount of practical effects, I don't think aside from the Dark Star stuff in the beginning, I didn't see a lot of CG in that dang thing. All that they were right when they were like, "Yeah, we got real, real foot planes, real G's, the whole nine. It was just awesome, man. Yeah. And um, actually, I was listening um because Simmons on you know the uh, on that rewatchables thing they did they mm. they did. They did one on they talk they did one on uh this one on Top Gun Maverick and they were and actually like so the scene where the Dark Star buzzed the tower and blew the roof off of the thing, that was real. And the roof was apparently was not supposed to blow off of it, but <laughs> well, uh, the, dark, the 
to be clear, the Dark Star wasn't real because the Dark Star isn't real. But no. they had some sort of jet fly over that they were gonna that yeah. they then put the Dark Star on top of. That was a real jet exhaust that made that roof go <laughs> up and over. Yeah, and look, I didn't know that Mach 10 was a thing. Um, and I don't know, maybe it isn't for all we know. But because yeah. I mean, back when I used to really be into fighter planes and stuff, I mean, I, the highest thing I'd heard of was like Mach two or Mach 2.5 or 2.8 or something. Um, so when they were talking about Mach 10, I was like, well, well damn, they, they didn't come that far. They've come that far. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, it had been 30 some years, but you know, the public records of the SR 71 Blackbird, the public records where I believe that they had topped out around like the Mach three, somewhere close to Mach four. Mm-hmm. And they asked several, you know, pilots get interviewed over whatever over course of time with like reference books and whatnot and they were at i forget it was popular science or something one of my dad's many 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 reference books magazines whatever uh they asked one of the pilots what would you do if like the russians or whoever you know beat your record and and had a higher supersonic speed and they went oh we'd just get in the sr-71 We'd go up to X amount of fleet, and we'd just push a little harder on the throttle. Because apparently that was not as fast as that thing could go. So if that was, you know, 30-some-odd years ago, the, the, the SR-71 was pushing Mach 3, Mach 4 publicly, yeah, the Dark Star might be a little closer to reality than we think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, but, I mean... And the, the whole thing with the Dark Star went after he crashes and he walks into the bar and the, the kid is <laughs> like, you know, oh, you're on Earth. <laughs> and he's, oh, I mean, <laughs> that was I awesome. Mean, yeah, it was, man. And and let me tell you, the, 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 the part that got me more than any other in that whole movie was after they after they had come back, you know, they're on the platform and he's like, you know, Maverick says the rooster, thanks for saving my life. Yeah. And when Rooster said, that's what my dad would have done. Both times I went to see that movie, when 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 we got to that part, I started openly just crying in the movie theater. Oh, dude. Both, mean, so both times, that didn't get me. I got, I got, don't get me wrong, I got, I got emotions and I feel things and I, you know, got that little tightness in my throat when that scene happened. But the one that got me was when Ice first spoke. Because I, I had no idea that was coming. I knew he was going to be in the movie. But I had no idea they were going to like fake him speaking. And so he just stands up, looks at Maverick, and Maverick you know, grabs him like, hey, you okay? Like, you know, you just stood up suddenly. And he just, again, looking at him, he goes, you know, the kid needs Maverick. The Navy needs Maverick. That's why I, you know, that's why I fought for you. I just, both times, both, both eyes, tears just. Oh, man. Because more than anything, I mean, I don't know, Maverick and, Maverick and Iceman, they were my childhood. So it was it was really, really cool. Because uh, for me, like, the thing about that's what my dad would have done. Um, you know, when, you know, with my dad having passed away, um, mm-hmm. and even before, I mean, because, well, he had, you know, dementia for a while before that, and just... You know, that's what my dad would have done. This is something you think about a lot. Yep. You know, this is what my, you know, this is what my father would have said. This is how my father would have handled it. 
Um, you know, and so when he said that, it just, you know, that just, that, that, you know, that just hit me, man. And it just, you know, um, because it's, you know, it's how you look at a lot of things now, right? Or if, if you were fortunate yeah. enough to have a good father and mm-hmm. who did things the right way, when you get older, when it's time for you to make certain decisions, that's exactly, I mean, you go right to that. Like, well, what would, it, you know, that's what, you know, or you think about, well, what would my, what would dad have done here? And then, or after the fact, you think about, yeah, that's exactly what he would have done. And so for me, it just, I mean, that just got me, man. And as I said, both times I just started crying in the movie theater and I didn't care. Um, you know, I didn't care who saw it. You know, I just didn't. And, um, this movie, it's like this. Well, it, it's it's an it's an it's it's an eighties movie, man. You know, and oh, it is a hundred percent. They got perfectly. I mean, and just the way that the story was without laid out, tacky, without being tacky and hokey, they grabbed that same energy. Yeah, and where you you build to the big heroic climax, and you know, and then. And then, you know, they didn't try to be, you know, ironic or didn't try to swerve you any kind of way. Um, you know, then because at first, you know, when Maverick, well, when Maverick got shot down, I was thinking, oh, man, he's going to die, isn't he? Um, and then, you know, cause I, you know, and then, well, but then once Rooster got shot down, you know, and they were together, then I was like, oh, no, they're not, no, they're not going to die. They're going to, of course, they're going to help each other get out of this. And, so, you know, so I actually came to that a little conclusion. Well, kind of before when they were laying out the plan and they were like, Hey, look at this airbase. We're going to shoot that with a bunch of Tomahawk missiles. Cause they have a bunch of fifth generation fighters and they have a bunch of these guys and they have a bunch of old stuff of ours, including this F 14. D." I was like, Hmm. Well, the star of the previous movie just got shown. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how are they? My question was, how are they going to get both Rooster and Tom onto the ground? I was like, well, I guess they did. Just shoot them both down. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if they were going to have, like, somebody's going to have mechanical issues or somebody's going to have to bail out or blah, 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 blah. Nope, just shoot them both down. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> pretty simple. Oh, right? It worked, man. Yeah. And, uh, um... That was awesome. And see, and that's the kind of thing, and and just you know the, the the whole thing where just everything lines up perfect for them to escape and all of that. I mean, that's stuff out of '80s movies where you know everything falls into place, and you don't sit there and think about, oh well, that's just too coincidental. You know, no, I mean, the, mm-hmm. you you know the the good guys ride off into the sunset at the end, and all of that, and that's. You know, I mean, that's what you go to movies like that for. And, you know, I guess, you know, over the past, what, 10 years or 20 years, maybe, you know, everybody's trying to swerve you. Everybody's trying to be ironic or they're trying to make, you know, the person you thought was a good guy is really a bad guy or, you know, or, or they're, you know, they're doing, or they're, you know, they're trying to do their own version of like the, you know, Kaiser Sozi kind of thing, right? Where, there's the big ironic twist at the end or whatever. 
And so this is not that this, they, you know, they played it straight and, you know, they didn't have any, you know, none of the good guys got killed. Right. And they, they didn't do that for any dramatic effect or anything. Right. I mean, and it's been a, it's, it's been a while since in like in a big movie like this, where they've done that kind of thing. Um, I don't think, they did kill Iceman. Yeah, well, I mean, but he, he, I mean, he died from natural causes, right? I mean, like, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, he didn't get shot down or whatever. He died from, yeah. you know, presumably throat cancer or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, and I, I mean, I just loved that they, you know, that we, we got a movie where they just, they played it straight, you know? Um, and, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there that's just improbable, but who gives a shit, right? I yeah. mean, oh, the dive that he and, uh, that he and Rooster got into. Oh yeah, wait, the, wait, wait. The double the double barrel roll, double yeah. roll, <laughs> roll dive. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm like, bro, you guys are both dead in about two seconds because one of you is gonna over rotate, you clip the other guy's wing off, and you're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you know what? I didn't give a shit. It was fun. Yeah. Especially um, if they're staring at each other. That was the best part. When they maintained eye contact through the yeah. canopies. Yes. And or the part at the very beginning, like the, the first training session where he just flies up there and he just starts killing everybody. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just, that was awesome. Where then uh who was it first? Because it was Rooster was saying, like, nope, don't do it, don't do it. Was it Coyote who first instituted the 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 push-up thing. Oh yeah. He's like, let's make it. Let's make a bet, old timer. You know, first one to get shot down does a hundred push-ups, and then it's just this endless montage of all of the new kids doing push-ups, and Maverick just lock on, lock on, lock on. You're dead. You're dead. You're dead. <laughs> oh man, that yeah, that was oh man, that was outstanding. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. Um. And, and like, him doing him going rogue at the end and doing the uh, doing the training course to prove it could be done, you know that was that was just so perfect. Yeah. And as look for us being both Star Wars nerds, it's it's you know the whole mission was basically flying down the Death Star trench and and, exactly. and, and hitting the thermal exhaust port. I mean, absolutely. They were just, they just took the trench run and they were like, all right, let's make this Top Gun. <laughs> By the way, I hope that, speaking of that, I hope that isn't, I've heard that's in development hell. Have you heard anything about Rogue Squadron? Um, Not since they first announced it. Um, I don't like I, that because they got, what's her name, from Wonder Woman to oh, direct yeah. it. Yeah, I heard Patty, that, yeah. Patty Jenkins, yeah. And she's one of us. She's a aviation, like, nut. She loves Top Gun, loves all that stuff, loves old school Warbird movies and things like that. So I was like, okay, she knows how to make a good movie because Wonder Woman's been awesome, and I think I've seen some other stuff she's done. But anyway, I enjoyed both Wonder Woman movies, and she has a love for aviation, which, you know, that's apparently what Rogue Squadron's going to be. It's Top Gun with X-Wings. So I cannot wait for that, and I hope that does not get shelved or end up in development hell. Yeah, same here. So that was a sidetrack. Yeah. yeah. But look, but, I mean, 
this is a movie to go to the theater to see. I mean, a hundred percent. This you need to see this movie in the theaters. You need to, need to, need to. I know. I had some choice things to say about certain movies getting delayed, and then how people, you know, not gone to streaming, and how. Mm, oh, let's reopen theaters. Let's reopen theaters. Like, okay, can we not reopen theaters? Just that whole situation and issue made me uncomfortable with the virus and everything like that. But I will say, this is a movie that does need to be seen in a theater. Um, it, it was that good and that um, important for some of just the effects, not the effects, but just the shots and the. You know, when you're flying through that canyon or when you're, you know, looping through stuff, you know, they got those inside the canopy, inside the cockpit views and you're flying through canyons and stuff. You got to see that on the big screen, baby. Yeah, that I mean, yes, you do. And um, it, it, yeah, it, it is it's worth it. It is absolutely worth it to go go see it in the in the movie theater and like this this is real cinema as martin scorsese would say (laughs) (laughs) honestly i i can't remember um okay not counting marvel and superhero movies i can't remember a blockbuster like this you know a real like the feeling of a blockbuster just like this movie's everywhere everyone went to go see it it's just fun. Like, seriously, maybe it was one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Like, maybe the first or the second one. And no, I know it wasn't the third one, because some, apparently some people didn't like that. But, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's your it's your stereotypical summer blockbuster. Go to the movies and have fun and shut your brain off for two hours. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, for me, like, other than the Marvel stuff, I'm trying to think of anything that really has given me that feeling in a long time. Um, but even some superhero movies like Bat- Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight, they feel more cinema and gr- they have gravitas and they have whatever. Yeah. They they weren't they weren't popcorn flicks. They were movies. Yeah, you know, this is a popcorn flick. It's totally okay. Yeah, enjoy yourself. Um, for me, one of them is it, very reminiscent of. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, just the you know the feeling and the vibe to everything, and of course the father son dynamic. And that one had the perfect ending where they're right where they're riding off into the sunset at the end of the movie. You know, Indy and his dad, and um, you know Marcus Brody and Sala when the four of them are like riding off into the sunset. That that is like the that is like the perfect movie ending. That's the perfect like trilogy ending. Yes, that yeah that that, that other thing that fourth one didn't happen. I, you know we don't recognize that it over was, here. It was fine. <laughs> you, you want to go see the fifth one together? Yeah, because I look, I want to see just how the hell they're going to pull it off with Harrison Ford. Um, yeah, he's and, eighty years old, man. Yeah, turned eighty yesterday, I believe. Yeah. Happy birthday, Harrison! One of yes. my heroes. Uh, he's played. A lot of my heroes: Indiana Jones, Jack Ryan, Han Solo. Um, yeah, so yeah, happy birthday, Doctor Richard Kimball is one of mine also. Yeah, Doctor Kimball, absolutely. Yeah, didn't murder. I didn't kill my wife. That's true. I think I mentioned that. Did I, 
my wife and I are going to see uh, a performance of Boston Pops. Yeah, I mentioned that last week. Yeah. Uh, Boston Pops is doing Empire Strikes Back, and we're going to be there tomorrow. So yeah, look, look at my Twitter, because hopefully, 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 I'm going to meet my friends R2-D2 and C-3PO. And that, that's awesome, because um, my kids for a Father's Day present, they took why well, well, I drove, but... We went to see the uh, Baltimore Symphony Orchestra do Return of the Jedi at the um, oh, nice. yeah and yeah I mean if if you're if you're in if you're into those either Star Wars or Lord of the Rings and you get a chance to go see like the movie with like the symphony playing the score absolutely go do that it, it yes yeah this is the first time I'm I'm doing anything like that so I'm really excited considering it's my favorite movie of all time because <laughs> <laughs> actually man, me and a co-worker about maybe 10 years ago we, we went to, there was a guy who did like this one-man show version of the original trilogy oh that's cool and suddenly like he after after he was done he like sat and talked to the audience and yeah. his whole story was funny though man because he, like, he'd been doing this and then the Lucasfilm people found out about him. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> so, lucky, he was lucky. This was before the Disney people. Oh yeah, but still, they, they Disney, can't. Disney people. We might not be. We would not know eh, if Disney found him. We might not ever hear his story. Yeah. So the Luke. I mean, the Lucasfilm people found out about him, and they basically came and said, "Look, you can join the family. You can do this under our banner." And of course, we get a piece of the action. <laughs> yep. Or we send you a cease and desist, and that's it. Yeah. So, and he chose to join the family. <laughs> Smart man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Rob. Do you have any other thing else on Top Gun or anything that we want to get at before we uh, get on out of here? Um, you know, I think that's all for this week. Um, well, there's one more thing. Um, oh, since we, we we normally record on Wednesdays. And okay. so yesterday was the seventh anniversary of the main roster debut of the 13 time women's champion. He did, did it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, <would've said> <laughs> I would have said it yesterday. I would have said it yesterday when we normally record. But I yeah. know. Well, there you go, Charlotte. There's your weekly shout out. All hail the queen. Long may she reign. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, I don't have anything else. We're going to call it a night. We've had yeah. a great time with you. I am Jason. This is Rob. We are uh, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Well, we, uh, without us, all, uh, excuse me, with us in spirit, as always, is DJ. So hopefully he will be back next week and we will be back to our, you know, full shield, full triforce, full whatever you want to call it. And we'll get back on the, on the stick next week, folks. So, Rob, anything else to say to the people? Uh, no. And uh, I guess I'll do the sign-off this time, I guess. Um, we'll make sure I get it right. Um, okay, whether you call it pro wrestling or call it sports entertainment, call it in the ring. Well, you can call it whatever you want. Just oh. make sure you call it in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's it. Rob, hit the button. We out. All right.